There's a misconception that we don't exist, that somehow our ability to excel at the highest level of our industry is limited, that overcoming barriers as a woman of color would be insurmountable. But what would happen if we decided to venture out on our own despite everything we're up against? I'll tell you. Welcome to the Black Girls Consult 2 podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Angelina Davis, a healthcare consultant, consulting coach, high performance fanatic, wife, and proud girl mom. I help transform female professionals into thriving solo consultants. And just like you, I'm wearing all the hats and doing all the things. So this podcast is to empower the busy female professionals to move past fear to start and grow a successful consulting business, despite the obstacles you may encounter. We'll dive deep into consulting practice, business strategy, mindset, and more. So grab your cup of coffee or tea if that's your thing, and let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Black Girls Consult 2 podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Angelina Davis. And today we are going to talk about a few laws that I think need to be in place if you're thinking about going into consulting. And one of the reasons why I felt like this would be a good topic is because I was reading an article very recently about the consulting industry. It was talking about how people perceive consulting nowadays. So I don't know if you're familiar or not with some of the news that's been out lately around some of the major consulting firms like McKinsey & Company, as well as other organizations like BCG. A lot of that publicity has has not been good. There's been a lot of talk about various inequities that have been perceived in the workplace, as well as involvement in things that seem to contradict what they advocate and support other businesses doing when they are consulting for other organizations. And it has left somewhat of a bad taste in many people's mouths with regards to how beneficial it is to have a consultant on your team and whether or not that consultant is trustworthy or not they have your best interests at heart and whether it is something that organizations should actually invest in. And when you think about how big the industry has become, this is a huge issue. In 2021, it was estimated that the global market within consulting range between almost 700 to over 900 hundred billion dollars. And like I said, that's specifically for management consulting. And so we know that there are other types of consulting out there. And so when you look at these larger organizations like the McKinsey and Company and the BCGs of the world, and you're thinking about how much of an impact that they have on the landscape of the industry, whenever there is this, I would say, negative uh, publicity and this tailwind of negative messaging and story out there, it is going to make it very, very difficult for the little guys, you know, those of us who are building our consulting boutiques or agencies or firms or working as solo consultants, we are not able to as easily shape that narrative. But this is one of the reasons why I always like to tell clients that when you are small, you can be small and mighty. Because the thing is, when there is this perception that maybe some of the larger organizations and entities may not necessarily have, 
a company's best interest at heart, when you're able to show up and be the difference in the industry to be something that looks new and and unique and not just the same old, same old, not the norm. When you stand out in a good way, that can actually lead you to generate a lot of business that can change and just shape the whole dynamic of your business and the future that you're looking at. So I thought long and hard when I was reading this article, I was like, you know what? (laughs) There needs to be a way for us to tackle this messaging because whenever I see An article like this published, and this was actually an article I was reading in Bloomberg News. It was more of a commentary. You can't ignore that. There is a problem there. There is something that someone else, and I would say a number of people see, that is not in alignment with what they would presume to be desirable or good or a positive aspect of the industry. And we have to push back against that, especially when we are trying to do things differently, when we're not trying to operate in a way that is more self-serving, but we're here to do more serving of the clients that we're able to work with. We're here for a purpose and a mission, and we don't want to be seen as just being one of the other organizations out there just trying to make another dollar. So when when we find ourselves in those situations, although it may feel as if there's little that we can do being smaller business, a smaller agency, firm, boutique, whatever you may be, solo consultant, it doesn't mean that we don't have a voice. And so I was thinking, when have I seen this happen in another industry? And I, this happens all the time. So you don't have to think long and hard about it. But the one industry that came to mind for me was in marketing. And I think oftentimes marketers in particular, and, and even people in sales, these are two different areas, but marketing in particular, they get a bad rap because it may be seen as if marketers are only about selling a message, whether it's true or not, in order to get someone to buy. And that is not the purpose of marketing. That is not why most people go into marketing. That is not the reason why there are phenomenal marketers out there. They are not out there to just rip everybody off and they don't have negative intent, at least not the the overwhelming majority. And so that brought me to really think about how this was addressed even in the marketing world. And the one thing that stood out to me was the book, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. And this is a book that has pretty much become a classic in the marketing world. It's written by Alan Rice and Jack Trout. And if you have not read this book, it's a very short read, really tiny, but straight to the point. And it lays out a number of rules that they felt at the time should be practiced by anyone that's going into marketing. And that if you're willing to violate these rules, then that means that you would not be able to master the craft because they were putting together rules that allowed you to focus on the things that truly should be done in order to have a successful marketing campaign and to allow marketing to work favorably for you in your business. So I think we need the same thing for consulting. That's just me. (laughs) 
And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to share today what I think should be the seven immutable laws of consulting. So yeah, I'm going to riff off of the title that they had a bit because I do believe that there are certain rules that we need to follow if we truly want to make our consulting businesses not only successful, but build them into the brands that will last the span of time. We want positive outputs. We want a a positive reflection on our work. We want to make a difference in a positive light and in a positive way. And I think that if we're able to follow these seven rules, it will get us there. So there's a famous quote that says, two things remain irretrievable. That's time and a first impression. So look, when you are presenting your services to a client and you're ready to win that big lucrative contract, you want to put your best foot forward. And what better way to do that than Brand Collateral that showcases your high quality services in a way that stands out from the crowd. So if you're looking for a way to showcase your services, I want to offer you what I use and what I know has worked for me over time. And that's my offer magazine template. This is literally a Canva template that all you have to do is drop in your pictures, your logos, all of your information, and then allow someone to see firsthand the level of quality that you present when you touch any project that you are working with. To download, click the link in the description and make it yours today. I promise it will be putting your best foot forward. All right, number one is to actively listen before you ever comment. This is something that I think many consultants overlook. We can oftentimes be so quick to want to give our feedback, to want to share our ideas, to want to direct people where we think they should go. And we don't take the time to actively listen to what they're saying because oftentimes what people need is very different from what they actually want. And most people don't know how to effectively communicate that. So one of the I feel like jobs that we have as consultants is being able to decipher both their spoken as well as unspoken communication, the verbal and nonverbal communication, so that we can determine what it is that we actually need to offer that's going to get them to the outcome that they truly desire, but can't really articulate, right? One of the first things is to actively listen, not try and rush into being able to communicate a plan before we truly understand what the problem actually is because what tends to happen is people often solve the wrong problem. And that comes from the fact that they were not actively listening. There's a difference between just listening and waiting for your opportunity to come in and actively listening and being able to process what that person is saying and then be able to pause, think, interpret that information and then share a recommendation or insight that is going to have far greater depth than we could have ever had if we were not listening very closely. So that's one of the first things we want to do is to actively listen before we ever comment. Now, the second thing is that consistency actually creates confidence. And what I mean by this is that it creates confidence for the client in your offer. So they become more confident in what you are able to provide when they see you be 
being consistent in whatever aspect of practice that may be. So whether that is consistent follow-up or consistent communication, or maybe it's a consistent presence online or through social media, if you're able to be consistent and follow through on what you have stated, then the client is going to have more confidence in what you're able to offer. So the second rule is that consistency actually creates confidence. And so we have to be more consistent in those things that we choose to do. Now, number three is the more authentic opportunities that you're able to create, the more sales you're going to generate. So sales and being able to sell your services comes from your ability to create these opportunities for connection. The potential client has to actually feel valued. They need to know that you are there to actually help them achieve their goal. And that can be somewhat challenging at times to do in an online space. That's why often we were more comfortable in person trying to create sales because in person you can feel someone's energy. You can see their movement. You can really visualize all their body movements and you can be sold by their smile. But online, that can somewhat be difficult to do, especially if you are not as comfortable on camera or reading the various signals that may be a little bit different in the online space. So one of the things that we have to think about are Ways to actually create these similar opportunities to connect on a more intimate level and use that in order to build the cells that we want to generate. You know, one of the things I often talk to clients about doing is having some type of offering that is held regularly that you can invite interested prospects too. So this can look like a Q&A session that you hold monthly about your business or your service offer. It can be a workshop that you're holding and you want to have this workshop in a very intimate setting on Zoom or some other type of platform where you're able to ask questions and you're able to have a deeper conversation and really talk more so face-to-face. Those are ways that you can begin to build some levels of intimacy into the way that you're connecting with your audience that then allows you to easily transition into a sales conversation. So that is one of the key things. If we want to make more sales as consultants in our business, we do need to think about how do we prioritize creating these authentic opportunities to connect. Now, number four, you know, this one is just, I think something that we know, but we often forget is that no does not mean no forever in most cases. And so when we're thinking about that, no being something that is just a answer for the moment, meaning that person doesn't need the assistance, the help, the support right now in this moment, and that it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't need that help down the road. Unless they told you to beat it and get lost, then overall, there is that opportunity that's still there. And we should not walk away from that potential interaction in the future and cut ties. One of the reasons why people have challenges building their business in the long term and generating a consistent revenue stream is because they go through the process of attracting clients, trying to bring people into their world, into their ecosystem. They nurture them. They try to sell. And when that sale doesn't close, they then cut ties, forget about them, and they start over with someone new. 
instead of realizing that that person just doesn't need the service in that moment and that you just want to continue to be there, to continue to nurture them in that relationship and to see how it evolves. Now, it doesn't mean that you spend the same amount of time maybe pursuing that particular client in that moment because it's not the right timing for them, but you still want to remain top of mind so that when they do have that need, you are going to be their first choice. The sales cycle in some cases may be longer. And until you understand better the parameters that create a shorter or a longer sales cycle, then often we can be pushing away business by simply not understanding that no doesn't mean no forever. Now, we're almost there. (laughs) Number five is that you want to respect the client's right to choose. Consulting is not leading by authority, meaning that, you know, we toss around this whole word authority to mean a certain level of expertise that allows you to provide guidance to others. And when we're speaking of authority in that sense, yes, you do want to have more of an authoritative presence, but in all honesty, you're not someone's boss. You're not telling them what they have to do. What you're actually doing is leading by influence. And so part of this whole business of consulting is being able to create and nurture relationships to the point that clients are willing to move forward and do what you have recommended because they trust you, number one. And then two, you've been able to build a relationship that's so strong that you're then influencing their behavior and their decision-making. And the thing is, if they choose not to follow your recommendation and go that route, you have to be able to accept that, not take it personally and know how to then help them navigate the process. Because then oftentimes <laughs> when they go against what you may have recommended, it may not lead them down the right path. And so when they need help, again, it's not your time to say, I told you so, but direct them along the, the path that you feel would be the best. That ability to choose is always there. And we always want to honor it in our role as a consulting. So that's why I like to have clients really think about consulting as their ability to influence in order to drive change. Now, probably should have saved this for the last because this is so, so important. Number six is that you want to have your client's best interest in mind at all times. When you're hired as a consultant, as an advisor for a business or for an individual, they are trusting you with something that is so precious in their lives. And so we have to recognize the weight of that and to truly understand that there will be opportunities that may actually benefit us and our businesses that may not be in alignment with what the client needs, but the test of a consultant with integrity is going to be whether or not you choose to do what's best for you, or if you choose to always focus on what's in best interest of your client. And those that choose what's in best interest of the client will reap the reward for, I would say, years or decades to come. Because that level of integrity and trust is going to build and it is going to cause a snowball effect that then leads you to grow 
through referrals, through increased lifetime value with that client, it is going to allow you to land more business and more than likely taking that opportunity that would have benefited you in the first place. So always remembering that no matter what, we want to have our focus set on what is a best interest to the clients that we serve. Because actually a lot of what has been the problem, it has not always been that clients have felt that the consultant was really working in their best interests. And they had doubts and questions about that. And that's what's led us to this place in the industry. So we want to erase that negative perception with us maintaining our integrity. And we do that by remaining client focused. And last but not least, law number seven, and this is one that we cannot get around because if you want to be a consultant that is able to work effectively to drive change and to help your clients achieve their outcomes as the world continues to change and evolve day after day, is that you have to prioritize your continuing education and your personal development. That is a priority. If you don't continue to learn, if you don't continue to grow, then you are not going to be taking to your client the most up-to-date, innovative, and and evidence-based information for them to make the decisions that they need to make in their business. So it's so important for you to be on top of things, for you to understand what's going on in your field, in your industry, and to be able to react to that in the moment so that you're able to craft the type of strategy and the type of initiatives that are going to be cutting edge and are going to lead them to be leaders in their field, in their industry. That's how you begin to elevate the level of practice that you're at and the services that you're able to offer. So these are, you know, these are the seven laws that I feel like we really want to pay attention to and to focus on as we begin to think about how we move consulting in a different direction, a more positive light as we move into the future. It's not that these things have not been there, but they have sometimes been overshadowed by some of the negative news and messaging that's been out in the marketplace. So the first is to make sure that you actively listen before you ever comment. Number two is consistency creates confidence, confidence in your work. Number three is that more authentic opportunities for connection is going to create more sales for you. And number four, no doesn't mean no forever. (laughs) So don't you cut ties when people tell you no. And five is to respect a client's right to choose. They have free will. It's their choice and we have to lead by influence. Number six, have your client's best interest at heart. And number seven, make sure you prioritize your continuing education and your personal development. So I know that all of these things are very important to grow your business to the next level These are the seven immutable laws of consulting. And I would love to hear if there is anything else that you would add to the list. Make sure that you actually shout to me on Instagram and let me know what you think. Let me know what rule you would add and make sure that you share this podcast if you enjoyed it with a friend. And also... 
leave a review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, as well as rating on Spotify. It helps the podcast reach more and more listeners. And don't forget also to subscribe. I will be tuning back in with you and talking and chatting week after week. And we have a lot of things to cover this year, but we want to start with these seven immutable laws of consulting because this right here is what's going to make a difference. All right, guys, can't wait to talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Black Girls Consult 2 podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave your review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and share it with a friend. We're on a mission to increase the success and longevity of women in consulting, and you can help us do that. Also, I'd love to hear from you. So let's connect at Dr. Angelina Davis on Instagram or LinkedIn. And don't forget to visit ExcelAtConsulting.com for more information to support your consulting journey. Until next time, take care.